Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and today we're talking about community. We're heading into the Thanksgiving season, and we're excited about a conversation that will be applicable for you. I've got some amazing, wonderful life changers here sitting at the desk with me, Keith and Karen Chancy, and uh, they're here to join us in the conversation. I want to start by talking about my experience at the Canacuck Institute. I attended... I'm losing track 16 or 17 years ago now, but I, I came in pretty raw and God changed my life mm. in a radical way. I, the way I describe the Canacuck Institute experience is perpetual sanctification accelerant. It's like mm. a snowball rolling downhill. And even this morning, Keith, I, the time I spent in prayer and in the word mm. was influenced by those seeds that were planted so many years ago. Mm. And it just keeps getting deeper and sweeter mm. and more precious. And uh, I have, I've got to give you guys a lot of credit because you you played a big role in that way in my life. So, um, Chances, I've got some fun questions for you. Come on. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food item, Karen? Why don't you go first? <laughs> okay. It, it might just not be one. But you, can, it's, you, it, you can do it multiple. It's got to be... Mashed potatoes and stuffing with turkey gravy all over it. Oh. Oof. That's, like on top of each other? Oh, yeah. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> that Chance, sounds what do you think? Chick. I'm hungry right there. Uh, well, you know, I, I can't wait for Thanksgiving. And honey-baked ham always comes to my mind. I've got to have the honey-baked ham, and it's got to be that originally honey-baked ham. And I love green beans with those little crunchy things on top. Yep. And I love... The, the real mashed potatoes, not fake mashed potatoes, but real mashed potatoes with that turkey gravy that Karen puts on there that is overwhelmingly good. So yeah. those are kind of my favorites. And cranberry sauce. Oh, I got to have cranberry sauce. sauce. Once a year, yes, right? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Out of the can. And I slurp it up. <laughs> I like it the, so good. something about even the shape of the <laughs> can. You know, slice that dude up. I like the ridges in it. Yep. Oh, Hey, I'm going to drop a secret on you guys. I think Susan Robbins, there's a handful of items, kitchen items that she does the best in the world. And that's not hyperbole. I really think it's true. One of them is mashed potatoes. Mm. She puts a whole block of cream cheese, a whole stick of butter, and then some milk in and mashes it. And it takes it to the next level. And then if you want to go above that, (laughs) then you keep it on low and you sprinkle cheese over the top, put the lid back on so it melts. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and then her her apple pie is to die for, right? It is to die for. Mm. I don't even think there's a recipe. She just Well Karen does this recipe. It's zucchini squash casserole. Oh, I will die for that. Is that I mean, right? It's one of those things that you, once in a year, she makes it so I don't die. There's pressure. I guess it's it all the things that you want. It's all the butter. It's all the cheese. Yes. It's all the zucchini, the squash, all the things that you love and go, all combined into one. Sweetie, you're a miracle worker when it comes mm. to that. Yes. <laughs> all right. Here's the next one. Favorite Thanksgiving memory. <laughs> You want me to go? I want you to go, Shug. Okay. So 
every Thanksgiving for probably 10 years, when it was affordable, we would go to the Cowboy game with our sweet friends in Denton. Yes. The Stuckies. And, you know, once a camp guy, always a camp guy, right? So Keith and Lynn donned these overalls, wigs, trucker hats. No. And Uncle, Uncle, Buck, Uncle Buck, Buck Teeth. You're kidding me. No. So we're in this van and we're headed to the Cowboy game and we don't have a parking pass. We, whatever. Or tickets. So <laughs> Keith has the window down and Lynn has I'm his window down. And they're, they've got these big teeth. How about them boys? How about uh-huh. them boys? And I think the policeman felt so sorry for He's them. He's turning everybody away. They, they, they turned us into this VIP lot and let Stop. us park in the VIP lot. Anyway, so that continued throughout the game. And after the game, we went to Walmart. And he's coming up like he he gets the magazine of the world's most, yeah most handsome man. handsome man, and he he's going. It's George and, Clooney at the time. Yeah, and, and so Keith would go up to people and be like, hey, "Is he more the- handsome than me?" <laughs> Surely, I'm more handsome than this guy with those teeth. And finally, people don't know what to say. No, finally, the security guard came up to me and he goes, "Ma'am, is this man bothering you?" I said, "Well, he's been bothering me for about thirty years, but no, no he's my way. husband." But anyway, that, that was a great memory. A great memory, you know, just wow. friends, family, fun. It was uh, it was just a, a really fun memory. I love that. And and when you know to think about that memory makes me laugh so hard because my guts hurt so bad just knowing everybody that we came in contact with they see you differently when you aren't ashamed or uh, f- afraid of what you look like. People just love it and they they go, "Dude, you are awesome." Freedom. And I was so messed up. Oh my and gosh. We really had fun. Okay, listen to this. Full disclosure. Yeah. This morning, not even an hour ago, I showed up at our kids' kindergarten <laughs> wearing boots, overalls, cut off at the mid-thigh, buck teeth, braids, hat, and uh, I read in, in character, what was my character? It was Hacksaw Jim, Jim Duggan, oh. uh, Turkey Wrangler. Yes, sir. Why not? <laughs> that is amazing. Read one of the greatest books, Holler Loudly. For grandparents out there, you need to get holler loudly for your kids. Phenomenal. So <laughs> that is so fun. Uh, Keith, how about you? Oh man, you know they're they're all so good, and they always revolve around the dinner table. And it was, you know, I never really grew up with family in the sense of having a, a, a turkey day uh, because my parents, you know, divorced young. But when Karen and I got married, it became a big deal, and we just would. It was family. It was her mom and dad and brothers and everybody there at the dinner table. And we would just eat so much food and watch the football games. Well, then you just begin to accelerate that on and on and on. Many years doing the same thing. Community, loving one another, sharing each other's most thankful stories of the year. Mm -hmm. And and how great that was. Giving praise to God for how great he has been to us and how thankful that we are. And, you know, you kind of take that on up for many, many years and, and, and Karen and I, uh, one year, we started the Institute, and Cameron was playing football at Mizzou. And we'd go to our friend's house up in Columbia, where Cameron's playing on a, on a I think it was a, a, a Friday. And so we're there in Columbia on a Thursday. And we're with 50 friends that, you know, are just there. And they've invited us to have Thanksgiving dinner with them. And here we are. And my daughter was going through the Institute that year. And at this exact time right now, she had just learned her overview of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and she had just given it in 30 minutes. And I turned to her 
as we're in this family. And I say, Callie, would you be willing to do this for these people? Where she, before she could even say anything, the guy, there was a 98-year-old man there that says, oh, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. And immediately Callie goes, okay. She steps up and for the next 30 minutes, wow. she mesmerized kids from three years old to 98 years old. Wow. <laughs> really of the funny. overview of the Bible, I sat there and gave her a standing O with no prepping, no anything. She walked through that thing perfect. But you know, those are memories that you never forget because you just go, wow. thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for the blessings of your nourishment. And it comes from the food, but also from the food of the word. Callie Neater. She's a gamer, isn't she? <laughs> She's a gamer, bro. That is awesome. Yep. I mean, that's one of those moments as a parent, you're just like, I live for this. Yes, yep. absolutely. You do. Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay, last question. We'll make it a quick one. Favorite Dallas Cowboy of all time? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who is it, Chance? Well, for me, you know, it's just got to be, I've got to go back into that time frame, you know, uh, where the first Super Bowl came, and it was with uh, Roger Staubach. And I go, Roger Staubach was the man. He had an, an ability to do things that nobody else of his time was able to do. Not just a scrambler, but he could also throw. He was so great of a leader, such a competitor. And I went, that is what I want to be like in my life. Wow. And so uh, later on, I had the, the privilege of meeting Roger and, and just went, man, he is every bit as intense and, and competitor as I thought that he was. And to see him and, and even his uh, love of the Lord, you know, just was really cool. So really fun to see that. Wow. Good answer. Karen, you got one? I just go with my man, yep. Troy. Oh, you know? she does do that. Yeah, yeah. He's good in the booth, too. He's good in the booth. He you still so get good. to see him, so I like that. All right. Okay, I'm going to jump into a passage All right. from Ephesians chapter 4, 14 through 16. I'm going to read it, and then Chancey's going to talk a little bit about what we learn mm. about community. You know, we're heading into Thanksgiving season. We're, we're going to rally around the the table, and, and prayerfully, we're intentional, just like, you know, Keith mentioned. But now's, now's a great mm. time to talk about how do we grow in community? What does that look like? Mm. So Ephesians 4, we're going to kind of jump in mid-thought, but Paul writes, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into mm. him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And I'll never forget, mm. when I was at the Institute, Todd Wagner came, he taught on this passage, and he says that that growth in Christ it happens in community. Mm. I remember that. Chancey, mm. talk to us about that passage. What do you glean from it? You know, it's a great passage and, and I love it so much. And I, you know, you said it earlier, you said, and you were kind of catching midstream. And I want to go back to verse one, just for a moment, because I think it's so important to see just that he tells us, you know, Paul, I, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, I implore you in a way that you walk in a manner worthy of the calling. And he says, guys, I need you to understand something. You have been called with humility, with gentleness, with patience, with showing tolerance with one another, and that you are to be diligent in the unity of the body of Christ. 
Shay, as I read that and I go to the text that you just read, I get so excited because for me, in verse 14, he says that we cannot any longer be tossed to and fro by the waves that cause us destruction. And, you know, in our world today, what we've got to understand is that there are a lot of, he's talking about specifically here, bad doctrine. And so there's a lot of bad doctrine out there. There's a lot of trickery of men. There's a lot of scheming. There's a lot of stuff that creates in us doubt. But I've never been more encouraged through community and what we do with the Institute. We've got to train up the next generation to understand truth. And when we understand truth, we read our Bible differently. There's three ways that I read my Bible every single day. Number one, I observe the text. And as I observe the text, I read it over and over and over. Three times I read it. Then after I've read it three times, then I begin to make the interpretation of the text. And in that interpretation, I'm looking for key words, phrases, contrasts, comparisons. And then lastly, I make the practical application to my life. And so as I read the word, it just transforms me that I no longer listen to the trickery of man, those men that speak falseness, that want to make me believe the lies that are out there. I love what Romans 1.25 says, for Satan exchanges the truth of God for a lie. Mm -hmm. And the lie that we believe will oftentimes cause us so many problems because no longer is the word of God something that is truth. It's now an emotion. And I've got to make sure that I base my life on the facts of God to make sure that I'm in tune with God, that I help people out of their sin, not continuing in their sin. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's pretty key, key there for I me. I will add to that yeah. and the community part of, I think there was an issue this summer that was a difficult time. And Keith had four godly men come around him mm. and encourage him in the word. And, you know, isn't that community? Mm. Isn't that mm. what we do? Encourage one another and love Love one another with love and good deeds. Mm. Hey, this is Keith Chancy with the Canicuck Institute. And I just want you to know if you're out there and you are about to be a college graduate or you're wondering what you're going to do when you become an adult and you begin to think, what is my next steps in life? We have a program right here in Branson that is the program for you. You come to Branson and we equip you for the next eight months biblically. We put into you God's word. We have about over 40 different teachers that come from all around the country that are the best teachers of what they teach in America. And we want you to be ready that no matter what your next step is in life, whether it be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a coach, or youth ministry, whatever it is, we believe that you need to be equipped before you go and do the next step. And so you can come to the Branson and we're gonna invest into you and you are gonna be equipped to go to your next step to make a difference in our world for Jesus Christ. So guys, if there's anything we can do for you, give us a call, email us, keithatcanicuck.com. We'd love to help you guys any way we can. Hey, know that the Lord is gonna bless your next steps. So let's get you equipped before you do it. Hey, God bless. Have a great day. I wanna ask you guys, and, and this is, we're, we're speculating here, but I think it's, it's worth talking about. You know, of the, the professing Christians in our country, what percentage would you say are living in a biblical community that builds them up in faith? What would you guess? I would guess 2%, yeah. unfortunately. It's a very low percentage, Shay. And, and the reason that you know that is you watch people make such terrible decisions all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, our hope is that we change the world. But what we're seeing is the world is changing us. Mm. They're backing Christians in a corner, and it's time that we come out and fight. 
that we've got to quit listening to what the world says and say, you know what? I'm not going to be tossed to and fro anymore. I'm going to come out. I want to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. I want to make sure that I share the gospel, and I want to make sure that people understand that I'm going to love people well. I'm not trying to tell people that they're bad people. We're all bad. We're all sinners. But God came and offered grace to all. And so when we begin to go, the community of Christ has to begin to reach out to the world and say, I don't accept sin, but I will love you through your sin to get you to understand the love of God. Mm. And when you understand what Christ did on the cross, that he died for all men and all sin, and that no sin is greater than another, that I can begin to go, you know what? We sometimes think that that person's a bad person. When I just sinned this morning also, and I compare my sin to them and say, well, I'm not as bad as them. The problem with that is, is I've, I've, I've become bad doctrine. Mm-hmm. And the hope of Christ is that I help my friends. I grow up, like the scripture says there that Paul says, I've got to grow up in all aspects that I want to be like Christ. And so how I do that is I'm going to come alongside of that person that maybe I don't agree with. Maybe I don't. They, they look a lot different than me. They act a lot different than me. And I'm going to share with them the love of Jesus, the blood of the lamb, and I'm going to offer them that salvation and they can do with that what they want, but they're going to hear me say something. I love you, my friend. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm going to help you through this. Karen, get practical with me. What what does biblical community mm. look like? Okay. I will say biblical community is doing life with other believers mm. in all aspects. And we've had it when our kids were young. We had it before we had kids. And, you know, life is hard. And if we're out there on our own, it's going to be really difficult. Mm. But we've talked about before when we, we lost a child, I was bedridden for eight weeks, and the body of the church came alongside. Mm. I mean, they cleaned my toilets. They brought me food. When we lost our son, they paid all medical bills. They paid all funeral bills. And really, it was such a testimony to my mom and dad who did not have a good view of the church mm. because they were like, what? These people are doing what? what? Yeah. Wow. And and so that was the be- really the beginning yeah. of our journey of community. And then as we started raising kids, doing community with mm. those that are like-minded, we did a Bible study on mm. how do we raise kids, godly kids, and we would talk through all of those things. But you and know, Karen, studying, those are our best friends today. They are our best friends today, yeah. and yeah. that was thirty years ago. And just realizing, you know, what did we do? We studied the Word together. We encouraged one another. We sharpened each other because you know there were issues going mm. on, and we did life together. Mm. And again. Those are our dearest friends mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. and we still look for that yeah. and try to make that happen. Now, we have community here as well, you know, and I'm so thankful for that. We try to provide uh, for the Institute kids. They would say, number one, community. How do you do that? Mm. You know what? The Lord does that. We just provide the avenue, which is they can study the word mm-hmm. together. They live in close proximity. They, they do activities together. They live life and have fun together. And they reconcile through issues. Yes. You know, they Always. don't just walk away from trials. They embrace these trials and say, we are in community. And community doesn't mean you run away. It means you run to the problem and you address the problem and you deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. You know, Shay, I, I love that you asked that question because 
people don't really realize. They just think that community happens. Community takes work. You know, because right. when you put stinky bodies in the same room with each other, you're going to get a little bit of stank. Mm. And that stank, sometimes people go, well, I don't like that person. Well, you know, Paul right here is talking about, and he talks about the gifts. And when you understand each other's gifts, you no longer see another person as a threat, but you see them as a compliment to you. Right. You know, your gifts, Shay, are different than mine. Karen's are different than mine. And each one of us, within our gifts, are uniquely gifted of God to perform certain tasks that are phenomenal. But if I don't see your gift, I'm now threatened by your gift, and I, and I don't want to yield myself under you because I go, man, he's trying to be better than me. That's not true at all. I just misunderstood the gift that God gave to you, and I wasn't maximizing my gift to help you. And so what we do, rather than grow together, we grow apart because we think that that person's trying to up me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you go, man, gifts are meant to bring us together. They're meant to help us to go, Karen, you are the greatest teacher in the world. Shay, you're the one of the greatest exhorters and, and leaders I've ever seen. And Chancy, you've been given with this gift of exhortation. Now, how can we change the world mm-hmm. and not see each other as threats, but to complement one another? And I really believe this, Shay, that when you understand the gifts of your kids— Cameron's gifts were different than Callie's. Callie's were different than Cameron's. Karen, I. And yet, in the raising of our children, if I don't understand their gifts, I go, I, even as a parent, you can go, I kind of like one better than another. Because that one gets along better with me. But does that mean it's right? You see, I'm not exhorting that gift, that child, mm-hmm. to be God's best. It's not to be my friend. It's to be God's best to impact the world. Mm-hmm. And when I see that kid uniquely designed of God and that gift, that high strength, I can't imagine how my mom raised me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, bless my mama's heart. A single mom raising a kid that's not ADD. I'm I'm A through Z. Okay. I've got every issue there is in the world, high strung, doing it. And my mom every single day would say, Keith, you are the greatest encourager in the world. Mm. You have the greatest smile in the world. She encouraged me at a level that made me believe in myself. And they made me, even though my mom was not a Christian at the time, she made me want to love God. Mm. And it was awesome. That is amazing. Mm. You know, I think about some of the sweetest years of our Ashley and I's life together is we we lived on Oak Ridge Avenue. It's this little neighborhood down Honeybee off T Highway. And our small group all lived in the same uh, in the same little community mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. so I'd come down in my truck and there would be kids. The moms would be sitting in their lawn chairs in our driveway <laughs> and there'd be kids all over, Martin kids, Perkin kids, you know, all over the place, you know, scooting around and playing. And it was just the most heartwarming mm-hmm. season. Yes. You know, Garrett Perkins would just walk into our house and open our refrigerator without even saying anything to you, you know? (laughs) And we just enjoyed it so much. Life. Mm -hmm. You know, friends Jane and Walter who have uh, Mm. moved to Birmingham, but I just know, like, I could call, like, if I was ever broke down, it wouldn't matter how far away I was, I could call Walter and he would be eager, Mm. like, out (laughs) of his mind excited to come help, you know? Uh and. Caitlin and Adam were always the best at, at hospitality and and creating fun and having everybody in a warm environment. And, you know, we walked through some hard stuff together. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a 
such a blessing. Mm. And as I talk, you know, to a lot of my friends, they've, they don't experience that. Mm -hmm. Some of them never experienced that. Mm -hmm. uh, got a buddy who came and visited me, just walked through a divorce, doesn't know the Lord. And all he could talk about was his assets. Yeah. That's all he had to talk about. Yeah. You know, Shay, it's so good that you say that because, you know, as Karen and I, the friendships that she talked about before, these are friendships that are over 40 years old. Mm. What keeps a friendship together for 40 years? Obviously, it's not that we're always together. It's there's a something greater. Something was built called community. Mm -hmm. That we loved God together. We didn't see, we weren't flattered by each other. That every relationship could be restored. And we went, you know what? I'm going to restore that brother in a spirit of gentleness. I'm going to come alongside. I'm not going to let any unwholesome word be said. And we're going to share truth. And we're going to share meals together, life together. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be painful at times. But we're not going to turn away from our kids. And you go, that's community. Mm -hmm. That you go, we love each other. And when Cameron was born, after Karen had had a miscarriage and a loss of a baby, everybody rejoiced. Mm -hmm. And you go, life is meant to be celebrated and it's meant to be weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. So it'll be tough times, good times, but we got to stick with it because it's don't run from those situations that are tough. Embrace them. Give us a charge. If somebody doesn't have community, what should they do? This is our charge to our students every year because inevitably they will leave and they will be lonely because mm. they've just had a year of amazing community is what they would say. And we tell them you have to fight for it. You have to create it. Yeah. You're not going to walk even into Dallas and there's going to be community. Mm. You're going to have to invite people over to your home. You're going to have to get in the word together. You're going to have to do life together. You're going to have to serve together. And, you know, you've got to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Don't sit back and wait for it because I really believe life is hard. And, you know, we've come through COVID and a lot of us have gone away from assembling together, right. Hebrews 10, you know, but it's so important for us to be together, encourage one another mm. and to walk together. Oh, that is so good. Chancy, I'm going to pass it to you for the, the final exhortation. Mm. I want you to speak to, I'd be willing to bet there's people driving to Thanksgiving right now and, and their Thanksgiving experience is something that causes mm. them anxiety mm. and stress. Mm. What encouragement do you have for them? Thank you, Shay, for that. You know, I, if you're out there and and you've got a family member or a friend that's going through a really difficult time, give them a call. You know, one of the greatest two words we could ever ask is forgive me. You know, and just to ask them, how can we make this situation right? Because the Thanksgiving is a time to be thankful. It's not a time to be prideful. Paul's whole preface of this teaching right here is that we humble ourselves. And that we see each other more important. But most importantly, we put God in our perspective. Not money, not things, not all that stuff, not football games, but people. Seeing them as important and being reconciled unto God and understanding the, the love of Christ. And so if you're out there today and, you're, and you know that Thanksgiving is going to be a little bit stressed, before you go sit down at that meal, go make that situation right. Matthew 18 just tells us, you know, make right those situations. 
And I tell you what, your Thanksgiving will be better than you ever dreamed imaginable because you took that first step to go to somebody and say, forgive me. Mm. Can I add a sniglet to that? Please. Yeah. So um, we had many Thanksgivings where we weren't quite sure what we would encounter. Mm -hmm. And our prayer was always, Lord, let us be a light. Mm. Let us be your light that we might be the only Bible somebody ever reads, even within our families. Mm. And let us be that light. That's so good. Well, I'm going to end it right there. Keith and Karen, thanks so much for being with us. It's always a blessing. And I want to thank our listening audience for sharing time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to faith and family. With that, I would love to pray for you. Father, we just lift up um, these families that that, uh, this podcast touches, and we just pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would allow them to experience the blessing and the growth and the fruit and the support and the challenge of a a godly biblical community. And I pray for those that don't have it, that you would put it in their heart to create it and that they would forge the way and that you would help them, that your Holy Spirit would guide them and bless them each step of the way. And, um, And so we just come to you with a heart of thanksgiving for all the people you've put in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Mm-hmm.